What is art? There's really no definitive answer to this question. It's different for everyone. Google defines art as the expression or application of human creative skill and imagination, typically in a visual form such as painting or sculpture, producing works to be appreciated primarily for their beauty or emotional power. Art is powerful. Art can be dangerous. But above all, art is subjective. What you consider art, someone else may consider to be trash and vice versa. Some of the greatest artists throughout history have poured their heart, soul, and demons into their art. What if that art absorbed that dark human essence and took on a life and will of its own? What if art could kill? That's the subject of today's topic, the 2019 lesser-known Netflix original Velvet Buzzsaw. I'm Connor Zagari. And I'm Austin Johnson. And you're listening to Filmgasm. Wednesday, listeners. Happy Hump Day. Hopefully you're absorbing as much good shit as you can during these dark times. We're just doing our best to be a part of that and spread the love using movies, particularly horror movies, every week as best we can. This week is our first random pick from the Book of Filmgasm, 2019's Velvet Buzzsaw. If you want to know what the Book of Filmgasm is, go back and listen to the end of episode 61, Judy Garland. Going forward, the episodes are going to be way more bizarre and insanely random. Can't wait. Yeah, man, it's really exciting, and like you said, the randomness brought us this first one, Velvet Buzzsaw, which is not something that we would have consciously chosen True. for a long time. Yeah. Something that I watched right away just because I'm a huge fan of some of the actors, Yeah, but a film that you hadn't seen yet. I straight up ignored this one when it came yeah. out. Yeah, it came out a little over a year ago, uh, Yeah, and didn't have that long of a life, it seemed, on Netflix. Nope. It seemed like it went away right away. Weird, despite the star power behind it, and no the, kidding. the guy who made it has... Quite a track record. Especially just a few years ago with Nightcrawler, yeah. yeah. Never know. Well, we hope you enjoyed this past Sunday's surprise episode on Tommy Boy, one of our favorites. Oh, yeah. Had a blast <laughs> watching that one. Holy <laughs> shnikes. <laughs> we'll have another Sunday episode on a film celebrating an anniversary this week. More on that at the end of the show. Oh, yeah. Another exciting one for you guys. <laughs> Once again, no rewind. Sorry. As a substitute, let's share some of the movies we've been watching outside the podcast. I've been on a Kevin Smith kick lately. I watched Clerks and Dogma, both of which were brilliant. It's been a long time since I saw either one of those. And yeah, I loved it. I, I watched a uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot about a month ago. And ever since then, I've been like tracking down his movies and just watching them again. I love the, I got Clerks will forever be so close to my heart. Yeah. Cute cat. What's his name? Annoying customer. <laughs> Fucking dickhead. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Every choice that's made is just awesome. You hate people, but I love gatherings. Isn't it ironic? <laughs> oh, yeah. Loves clerks. And Dogma was so ambitious. Oh, yeah, extremely. And and one that I really wish people would go back and watch. I know. <laughs> it's, yeah. Like it was made said. too early. Like, it would yes. thrive now. Oh, my God, yeah. Especially as, like, a Netflix release, you know. Ugh. Oh, boy. It was perfect. And it's, like, a brilliant, you know, for right now, people just chilling, doing nothing. I didn't realize it was so long. It's like two and a, two hours and fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, ambitious as hell. Yeah, I gotta. Get, I have Mallrats. I'm gonna watch that soon. Yeah, and then I gotta get Clerks two at some point. And I, I, I really like Clerks two. Clerks two. I remember it's, it being really funny. Yeah, but not as funny as the. First oh one, no, obviously. not even close. Yeah, no. But it's got some funny. funny I'm gonna ideas. stay in the view askew verse. I'm not gonna watch Cop Out. Yeah, and, yeah. I've seen Tusk. It's weird. I'm good. 
yoga hosers I can do without. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll stay in this little area. It's nice. It's I like that. Here. Yeah. Uh, what have you been watching? Oh, man, all kinds of stuff. Uh, you know, I uh, recently pulled the trigger on getting the Criterion channel, finally. <laughs> I've heard from all kinds of movie people. People who are obsessed, you know, I like to call them film heads. You know, people are just, this is what we're all about. And I'm like, I consider myself to be one of those people, right? I would say so, yeah. Uh, so, and, you know, with the coronavirus, obviously, I'm going to be inside a lot. It's like, I want I want more movies that I haven't seen, right? Uh, and fresh stuff. I, w- I want to stay on my toes. I don't want to rewatch stuff, because I, I tend to do that a lot. Yeah. Um, which I don't mind. I don't mind rewatching things at all, but I, I am trying to, you know, broaden my horizons. I get so you. the cr- Criterion channel, you know, I, I explained to you, I gave you my login because I want you to be on the journey with me, <laughs> is uh, is uh, looked at as like the, you know, best of the best in the movie world, uh, worldwide, um, all, all kinds of cinema. Uh, so far I've watched, you know, I've sent, I've sent you re- some reviews for these, Connor. Um, you know, I watched Alfonso Cuaron's 2001 masterpiece, E2 Mama Tambien, brilliant stuff. I watched Tomboy, which is Celine Sciamma's um, second film. Uh, she's the one who made Portrait of a Lady on Fire. So I'm trying to, you know, not just sticking in one lane. And then I watched, you know, I watched something like Fat Girl, which is a French film that kind of messed with my head. And it, you know, reminds you to be careful. <laughs> uh, you talk about art and what you put in, what kind of, what you put in your head is kind of what you are sort of yeah. thing. And I, you know, I'll be honest, I kind of sort of regret watching the movie Fat Girl. Um, there's some excellent filmmaking there. I'm not going to deny that. But when I texted you about it, you, you said you hit the nail on the head. You said it reminds, sounds like kids. Yeah. Har- Harmony Corinne's, you know, uh, crazy script, crazy screenplay. Uh, kids from 1995, just, just unsettling as hell, you know? And there can be good things about those films, you know, of course. Yeah. There can be good filmmaking there. There can be good cuts, good shots, good acting, whatever, good writing. But when some of the subject content goes past a certain line, sexually is my point. Yeah, ah, it's t- it's hard to t- it's hard to battle with in my head. Uh, but yeah, I I I don't know. I, I, it's hard. It's hard because you sometimes want to go into stuff blind uh, when you're when you're trying to branch out. So it, it's hard. I've I've seen some movies that I adore. Uh, e2 Mama Tambien, I gave a ten right away when I wrote a review for it when I sent it to you. I watched La Cienaga, which is an Argentinian film. Unbelievable stuff. I still can't like quite figure out how I feel about it. So it is. It has been a good experience. But you just got to be careful, man. Like you said, with art, you don't know what's out there. And when you're messing with stuff worldwide, who knows what's out there, man? Our art is art is so vast. Yeah. And it, it really is up. To, it's up to the beholder. It really is. Very true. There's always something to watch, especially with all the different services we have at our yeah, fingertips no these kidding. days. Yeah, as if I needed more. <laughs> but I, you know, I, I've been fortunate. You know, um, I share a Netflix with my girlfriend, and my my mom has allowed me to have her Prime for a long time. So I've I've had access. You know, I pay for the Hulu, but like I don't pay for all of them. Is my point. So I felt like, hey, I should get this Criterion, share it with Connor, pay it forward, sort of thing. Like, because uh, yeah, I don't think you can have too many services right now. <laughs> You want to have all the options, right, uh, yeah. uh, during this time so you can watch and be entertained and learn and, and grow, uh, that sort of thing. I also did watch, this is really popular right now, the Tiger King fucking documentary on Netflix. <laughs> Wild shit. <laughs> I know a lot of people have watched it. It's like number two on Netflix or whatever right now. Um, if you like documentaries, it's one of those that kind of 
pulls you in different directions if you like that. But it, I, I will say, I, I think it could have been five parts instead of seven. You know, it could have cut some of it out. But it is extremely entertaining. Very good stuff. If you like documentaries, definitely check that one out. It's a good way to pass time. But I, other than that, yeah, I'm just, you know, watching movies. You know, that's all. Very nice. I watched the uh, Martin Scorsese 2011 epic Hugo for the first time. Oh, yes. Liked it a lot. It was it kind of turned into a different movie about halfway through. Yeah. It was very strange. And it's weird that George Millais is a real guy, and it used his career as kind of a metaphor for, like, rediscovering a love of cinema, which was cool. Especially, you know, me being a huge fan of cinema, obviously. I mean, we run a podcast here. Yeah. I... <laughs> I really found myself connecting to that movie, mm-hmm. and that was just that was cool. I love when I get that when I feel connected. Yeah, hell yeah, that's yeah. partly what it's about. Yeah, and I felt the exact opposite when I watched the film Dreamhouse earlier today. <laughs> what a god awful, just piece of hot garbage! An absolute horrible film. Yeah, God. Yeah, I, I I can relate to that because I did watch a movie that I absolutely hated. Uh, he's just not that into you. <laughs> What a pile of shit. <laughs> um, there, yeah, I, I can't stand when there's like another movie with just multiple characters represented that we've seen a million times. I fucking hate that. And that's what, that's all that movie is, is like a ripoff of, you know, Woody Allen, you know? Yeah. And it's just shit. It's just shit. It's terrible. <laughs> don't watch it. <laughs> don't watch it. Unless you want to like just laugh at them, you know? I don't know. I, I consider myself open to pretty much every genre, but I fucking hate rom-coms. Rom-coms are tough. They're either like, you know, they're either like When Harry Met Sally, and they're yeah. like, oh, that was really, you know, or they're just, just a pile of shit usually, you know? Yeah. They'll get like a token popular musician. They'll throw them in there. Yeah. And it's, again, it's like a lack of actual representation of real relatable characters. These people, like, what? Who are these people? Like, why is Sex in the City so popular? What? Like, who the hell are these people, you know? I don't know. That's just that's just me. Uh, obviously, where it's a very unpopular opinion, you and I, because yeah. these movies tend to do very well. <laughs> Those are the Valentine's Day date movies, uh-huh. man. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of, he's just nothing into you. Made like 140 million dollars. You know, it's just like Christ. fuck. Come on, man. That's that's boyfriend guilt money right there. That's yeah. what that is. Yeah. <laughs> you got nothing else to do. Yeah. Sorry, ladies, but it's true. Yeah. No. I I I I will stand up and say I'll defend the good rom coms. I will defend. I will defend as hard as any you know as any other movies. I think one that's recent, The Big Sick, fantastic movie, and that is a rom com through and through. Awesome movie. You just got to do it right, just like with anything. Yeah. Just like with anything, there's shitty action movies. You just got to do it right. Same with rom com. Just you know, I I just feel like there's too many of them. <laughs> it's an oversaturated market. Yes. Exactly. Well, all right. That about. I think that does it for what we've been up to lately. Yeah, and they're you know well rounded. Next week we'll have more. <laughs> yeah. So you, you told me you'd seen Velvet Buzzsaw prior to the podcast. <clears throat> what was your initial thought? Oh, I watched it right when it came out. I uh, anytime a movie comes out with Jake Gyllenhaal, <laughs> uh, and then a movie that comes out with Tony Collette, and then they're in it together. Uh, <laughs> those are two of my favorite like working people right now. You know, as you know, I'm. Uh, you know, like Nightcrawler, Brokeback Mountain, you know, Zodiac. Jake, Jake John is like a hero to me. And Tony Collette, she had already done plenty of things, you know, Sixth Sense and stuff in the early 2000s. A Little Miss Sunshine is one of my favorites. But then she does a horror film like Hereditary later in her career. And, it's just, you know, and then she does this. And, you know, and then Knives Out this past year. It's just, she's, she's lights out, you know? One of my favorites. So anytime they're in something, I have to see it. And then I found out I was the guy who made, wrote and made, you know, Nightcrawler. Yeah. Okay, then I'm definitely in. Uh, and it was on Netflix. Like I'm already at that time. I was, um, I had just had, uh, my daughter Willow 
she had just been born. So it was like, well, I, you know, I gotta, you know, I'm going to stay home and watch movies, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, I, have a, I have a newborn. So that, that was like one of those first ones that I remember watching like right away, that kind of thing. So yeah, I, yeah, loved it, man. Cool. Very cool. I, like I said, I just kind of passed it over. I didn't think anything of it. You know, a horror movie comes out of Netflix every day. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's such an oversaturated. I know, I know. So I, I looked at the reviews and they were pretty negative. So I just yeah. shrugged it off. Yeah. But having watched it now, I'm, I was really surprised. Yeah. It's a decent flick. It is. And the performances are awesome, man. Yeah. You hate everybody. Yes. <laughs> yes. Everybody is such a selfish piece of shit. Fucking Malkovich is like the, the, yeah. the, the guy. You come away like, yeah. If I was in that community, that's exactly how I would act. Uh, yeah. I'm surrounded by phony assholes and I want to get the fuck out of here. I'm going to keep drinking. Yeah. <laughs> God. I'm drinking again, by the way. <laughs> that side. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Velvet Buzzsaw was written and directed by Oscar nominee Dan Gilroy, who received his only nomination to date for Best Original Screenplay, for 2014's Nightcrawler, which he also directed and also starred Jake Gyllenhaal. His only other directing gig was 2017's Roman J. Israel Esquire, starring Denzel Washington. Yeah. However, he has written the screenplay for The Bourne Legacy and Kong Skull Island. He's got a resume that's all over the map. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Kong Skull Island fucking rocked. <laughs> I thought okay. that movie didn't get enough attention. I, okay, agreed. Anytime you get something that giant on the screen... I mean, and, and it looked cool. It looked cool. And then, and then the, the, like those evil, what are they called? Those evil ass fucking things. Skull crawlers. Yeah. That's what John C. Riley yeah. called them. Oh dude. Those things were fucking sick. You give me a King Kong movie with a giant ass Kong, John Goodman, Sam, Sam Jackson, L- J- yeah. Tom Hiddleston and John C. Riley. I'm in immediately. And Brie Larson. Brie Larson's great. <laughs> Come on, man. It's a crazy, crazy movie. Yeah. I, I saw that. I, I saw that movie in theaters by myself and I was just like you know kind of like it was one of those moments where this is what this is kind of why I go to the theater yeah holy shit like I was alone and just like yeah, yeah. giant <laughs> fucking things fighting you know every version <laughs> done of Kong is in the book so we will be doing like a Kong at oh, some point oh yeah. yeah oh yeah do you like the 2005 one I I have mixed feelings I think it's when's the last time you saw it when I was when I was 10 oh <laughs> Okay. That's and it scared the living shit out of me. I think I, we talked about that on the show before. We, we did briefly. It's yeah. those fucking worms in the trench. So one that gets Annie Circus terrified me. I had Fuck nightmares that, for yeah. years. Uh, yeah, I think that would be a great episode. Oh, it would be because great. I've watched it a lot. I like. Yeah. I love that movie. I'm not a big. It's fan. like one of my favorite Jack Black <laughs> performances. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Adrian Brody. I thought the oh. movie was way too long. <laughs> Three hours is too much. Three hours was too much. Okay. Yeah, that, that's fair. That's fair. They should have left the island a lot sooner, mm-hmm. gotten some more New York. That's but, fair. Uh, visually, it's amazing. Um, oh and uh, admittedly, though, it has been, you know, 15 years. So should, yeah, yeah, no, it's I should probably worth, check yeah. it out again. Yeah, it's definitely worth the uh, rewatch. When we draw it in the book, I'll watch it again. And School of Rock will be our bonus, most likely, for that. Probably. Because, yeah. you know, it's Why not? fucking Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't like Adrian Brody, so we're not going to go down that road. I just... Some about his, his ego. I find him to be a real prick, and it bothers what, what, me. What uh, what, what movies would you point out that you that you like like his performances? Like the, there, the Pianist. Yeah, and uh, I don't, the Best Hotel. You like him in that? <laughs> I do like him. It's in that. It's pretty funny in that. He's not bad in Predators. Yeah, I yeah. just I would have picked somebody else to be the tough guy. When I look at him, I don't Village. Think, 
Yeah. He's not bad. He's not bad in the village. You got to see, uh, I think you'd really like Darjeeling. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, it's more, he's just kind of more funny in that. Like it's him Owen Wilson and Jason Schwartzman as yeah. brothers. So that's a lot of fun. Okay. Yeah. I agree with you though. He is kind of like, he comes across as kind of like, I'm an actor. Yeah. You know? Fuck you. He's arrogant. But, but, it, but it, yeah, he, he has some, he has some good movies. I haven't seen all of them. I don't like the shit he pulled on Saturday Night Live. Neither. Yeah. That's definitely does not sit well with me either. Funny how we got off on this King Kong rant here. <laughs> it's a great movie. It is, or, yeah. So is Skull. Well, we started Skull Island because <laughs> of this guy. Have you seen the the 30s one? I, not all the way through. I've, of course, seen clips, but I've never like sat down and watched Have it. Have you seen the 70s one? Yes. How, how is that? Is it goofy? It's pretty goofy. Yeah, I had a feeling it was going to be goofy. goofy. Not, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's also been a long time for that one for me. The one, yeah, the 05 one I've seen a lot. You know, Peter Jackson, you know? When yeah, you, when you, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, fresh off Return of the King. Yeah, so that was that was a big deal, and I remember it just spooking the shit out of me. I was like in fourth grade. So it's a frightening movie. <laughs> oh yeah, the natives on the island. Yeah, Woo! I think yeah. when we went to see that, me and my parents, we did not expect it to be a horror movie. Well, and you got to think as as kids, you and I were like ten. He yeah. he is he's he's Dewey Finn, and yeah. he's Nacho Libre. He's not this guy who's you know running to this scary ass island. You know. Yeah. It was just way, it was way out of his wheelhouse. And I thought, you know, King Kong was a goofy giant monkey. I didn't, uh, yeah, yeah. There was nothing serious I didn't about know King it was Kong. like, oh man, there's going to be other like crazy ass creatures there yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. And then Kong Skull Island was like, now we're adults and like can totally handle it. Yeah. Bring it on. <laughs> there's like walking sticks, you know. Yeah. yeah and Kong was like, you know, 300 feet tall this yeah. time. And I'm, yeah. He's his, throwing helicopters. His ass was bigger than the, the gorilla in 05. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Like, yeah. it's crazy. I don't see how he can beat Godzilla at all in this upcoming. Neither do I. Godzilla, all he has to do is light his ass up, and it's yeah, over. exactly. That's stuff I don't. Ah, it's hard for me to wrap my head. around. I'm still very much looking forward. Me to Me too. That. I just can't wait for the meeting. Yeah, I, yeah, I love monsters. I want. I hope they're going to be able to make a coherent movie around that, because <laughs> I want it to be. I want that to be cool, but I also want the movie to be good. Yes. Yeah. And I'm too. worried that it's not going to be. Good. Yeah, they're going to focus more on the CGI of, which would be sweet. But, Honestly, I want very few human characters. I want yeah. the focus to be on the monsters. Yeah, yeah, just more of the monsters is all I want. Yeah, yeah, it's what anybody. Nobody's going to these movies for the human drama. They're like, oh man, Millie Bobby Brown. You know, yeah, and if really, you are, you're lying to yourself. Uh, <laughs> okay, double <laughs> bus off. Kong rant over. Oscar nominee Jake Gyllenhaal stars as professional art critic Morph Van de Walt. Hurts me just to say his name. Just yeah, we're just gonna stick with Morph from Morph. here on out. From here on out. <laughs> like Morph. Morphy. Jesus. Treasure Planet or something. Yeah. What's <laughs> going on? The hell is that short for? I don't know. Does it say anywhere? Morphin. I don't know. It just says Morph all over this. Maybe his full name is Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Van de Walt. That could be it. <laughs> it definitely could be it. Gyllenhaal was nominated for his performance in 2005's Brokeback Mountain, a past filmgasm bonus. He also starred in our 48th episode topic, Zodiac, among others. Jake comes up a lot on this show. Yeah, he's the man. Uh, Rene Russo stars as former artist and current gallery owner Rodora Hayes. Everybody's name in this movie, goddammit. Russo has had a fruitful career, appearing in such films as Major League, Lethal Weapon 3 and 4, Outbreak, Get Shorty, The Thomas Crown Affair, and the Thor franchise as Thor's mother, Frigga. Yeah, she's... she. I don't feel like she ever really got the spotlight as much as other actresses, but she's no. always been doing quality work. Yeah, and she, you know, she's been married to Dan Gilroy since 1992. Really? So, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, so that's been... You know, she's been... I did not know obviously that. Obviously, she's in Nightcrawler as well. 
Yeah. Awesome. Ah, that's a great performance. <laughs> cool. Uh, Zawe Ashton plays secretary turned art scene power player Josephina. Yes. Who first discovers the haunted paintings. Ashton also appeared in Nocturnal Animals, Greta, and a lot of TV and stage work. And she is perhaps the most insufferable character in the movie. Yes, I would say so. I thought she was going to be the anchor. Somebody who's like, gets into this world and realizes this is not where she wants to be. But no, she got sucked in immediately. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I d- yeah, I definitely thought maybe, yeah, like you say, an anchor, some sort of relatability. Nope. 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 There is nope. no relatability in this movie. No. Ugh. Oscar nominee Tony Collette plays Gretchen, former museum docent turned art dealer. Collette was nominated for her performance in 1999's The Sixth Sense, and she's the star of 18th episode topic Hereditary. She will also be the tether to our Friday episode. More on that later. Oscar nominee John Malkovich plays renowned artist Piers, who is unaffected by the cursed paintings because he's not involved in art for the money. Malkovich was nominated for his performances in 1984's Places in the Heart and 1993's In the Line of Fire. Some of his better-known work includes Of Mice and Men, The Man in the Iron Mask, Being John Malkovich, Shadow of the Vampire, Burn After Reading, and The Red Films. Love him as Osborne Cox in Burn After Reading. Oh my god, yeah. Without a doubt, my favorite Malkovich. Yeah, that one, <laughs> that one and then Rounders, man. Oh my god. Oh. You're a Mormon. Compared to you, we all have a drinking problem. <laughs> Shut up! Shut the fuck up! This is a crucifixion! Oh my god. He does this thing with Oreos and Rounders? Oh man. <laughs> It's so Malkovich. It's uh, you, yeah. Some about Malkovich. I don't know what it is, but I fucking love that Everything guy. Everything he does, I don't question the goddamn movie he makes. No. <laughs> He's the only actor I can see them realistically making a movie where people literally take a portal into his mind. Yeah. Have you seen Beating John Malkovich? I, I have not. You I really want to see it. Yeah. It, it's one of those '99 films that's kind of standard. Is it on streaming anywhere? Because I might just check that out tomorrow. I do not know. I'll have to take a look. I do not know. I, I'm due to rewatch myself. I, John Malkovich study would be very cool. Because he's every fucking one. That would take us into some weird movies, but I would be exactly. down. Exactly. Have you seen Shadow of the Vampire? I have not. It's a weird movie. I want to go there. He, yeah. he and Defoe, fucking brilliant. I need to go there. Yeah. I, need to go. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you don't need to say anything more. The movie around them isn't too great, but they do, they do a great job. That's fine. Malkovich <laughs> Defoe, I'm in. Yeah. It's a great double feature with Nosferatu, obviously. Yeah, yes. Finally, we've got Natalia Dyer as poor, unfortunate Coco, who discovers three bodies in the film and begins to think she's the problem. <laughs> Dyer is most well-known for her role of Nancy Wheeler on Netflix's Stranger Things. Overrated. I haven't watched it. Overrated. I prefer to watch the 80s movies that the film steals, that the show steals from. <laughs> so that's, that's just me. Oof. We're, I feel Nancy. like we just lost a lot of followers. What well, little we have. <laughs> I don't mind. I don't I don't mind. Um Stranger Things is like uh, like you said, yeah. I I get it. I get it. I get why it's super popular. Like you said, it kind of like sort of steals some stuff. There's there's one scene where like the one of the main kids, Dustin, is walking and it's like looks just like a shot from Stand By Me. That sort of thing. So you'd rather just watch the Goonies. I, agreed. Or Ghostbusters. <clears throat> I agree. But it is cool. The one thing that I think is positive about it is that there's younger kids who maybe wouldn't maybe wouldn't have been interested in this sort of culture, like this nerdy stuff. Like they're playing Dungeons and Dragons on the on the, on the show. 
That, that's cool. At least there's that. But I agree with you. Why not just watch the actual 80s stuff? Yeah. You know? I don't know. It's but, just, but yeah, I, it's so huge. That show is so I massive. have a feeling if I check it out, it's just going to piss me off. You, I don't, Yeah, I don't think you would like it too much. Yeah. No. I, I'm not a huge fan. I, I, I've, I'm like caught up. I've watched it all. But I've, yeah, I'm not, I, I'm not that into it. I've got my shows. I'm, I'm yeah, good on that. I'm with front. you on that. I'm, I'm set. You, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. I, I'm, I've, got, I've got my shit lined up too. Yeah. Know? There's other things I, I need to watch exactly. first. I hear you. Velvet Buzzsaw was conceived after Dan Gilroy made peace with the cancellation of the Warner Brothers film Superman Lives, which Gilroy was helping to develop. For those of you who don't know, in the 90s, Kevin Smith was going to make a Superman movie starring Nicolas Cage yeah. as Superman. Robbed. And We've been robbed. That would have been the most outrageous superhero movie ever made. They couldn't agree on a budget or a script, and the film was shelved and then scrapped. But, there's a there was a documentary made a couple years ago called The Death of Superman Lives, and I, I don't know how to get a hold of that. It's super tough to find, but I really want to watch that documentary. I need to know everything about this story. Yeah, I wow. That would have been the most audacious attempt at a superhero movie, and I really feel like we were robbed of something just Super golden. Yes. Uh, like pop culture wise, you know, we think that the Joel Schumacher Batman films are like oh. funny. Oh, God, Nick this would have been brilliant. As dude. Superman. This Kevin Smith. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, it's hard to think about stuff like that. The what ifs of yeah. the film industry that you just like, ah, oh. Jason Mew is going to play Lex Luthor or something. Cause that would have been, <laughs> Oh my God. Oh man. Fuck. Fuck. Mother, mother, fuck. Mother, mother, fuck. <laughs> bucks little man put that shit in my hand <laughs> oh boy so many missed opportunities there <laughs> we got to see this documentary and i didn't know dan gilroy was part of that i guess yeah he was helping yeah. develop that and uh part of his healing process was making this movie which i guess i mean this movie really is about art destroying you <laughs> and, and just making fun of art people oh uh, the satire here everybody is in great. this movie is a suit who turned down shit on Superman lives I guarantee you like that asshole who wanted the big spider <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. true uh, yeah yeah it's great those of you who want more info on that go to YouTube and look up Kevin Smith talking about Superman lives and the giant spider yeah it's the weirdest story and the payoff is fucking brilliant YouTube man <laughs> and then get lost after that oh yeah Watch that video and then see what they suggest for you after that. And then don't go away. Just stay there. <laughs> Gilroy began casting the film in 2017, beginning with Jake Gyllenhaal and Rene Russo, two of his go-to actors. Yes. Netflix bought the distribution rights, and the film came out in 2019 after premiering at the Sundance Film Festival. Velvet Buzzsaw has an IMDb score of 5.7, Rotten Tomatoes score of 62%, but an audience score of 36%. It's a tough sell for audiences, which I understand. The film is an acquired taste, plus it's catered to a certain audience. People who are familiar with the L.A. art community and also enjoy horror movies. Tough to find that happy medium. <laughs> uh, or weirdos who have a fucking book of filmgasm and just true. pick random ass movies. Or freaks like us who have a horror podcast and... You know, Watch anything. And hate making decisions, so... <laughs> so let's get into the plot of this weird-ass movie. Let's do it. Oh, um, one guy that I do really like, uh, I can't remember his name in the film, but he's, um, his name's David Diggs. Oh yeah. And that's who, um, uh, Ashton that she starts dating him later. Yeah. His movie, Blind Spotting, 
Holy shit, man. One of the coolest movies from 2018. I think it's... I want to say it's still on Prime. I believe it is. Because I, I was I, I watched it not that long ago, like a rewatch, and it, just to make sure it was really good. It is very good. <laughs> awesome movie. Um, yeah, David Diggs is like a super talented guy. He's been in a bunch of stage stuff. And he's really cool in this. Fits right in, you know? Everybody's Everybody works, you know? I believe all of it. Yeah. Which is... Which is well, everybody who survives are people who are in it for the for the art. Yeah, yeah. And I love that. Yes. That's what go. I feel like Dan Gilroy is. He's in it for the art. In the, you know, Hollywood. Because there's a shit ton of people in Hollywood. Most people are like everybody else in this paycheck, movie. Paycheck, paycheck, paycheck. Paycheck, and they just love to smear. Power. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. I hate it. So, in Miami Beach, we meet art critic Morph Vanderwalt. Ugh. He's attending an art exhibition with his friend Josefina, who works for gallery owner Rodora Hayes. She used to be a member of a rock band, a punk rock band called Velvet Buzzsaw. She has a tattoo on the back of her neck of a you know bloody saw, and everyone's like, "How did she live it down? Oh, she used to be a punk rocker. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! And now she's in this community. Oh my god! Ugh." Dude, I wanted to break my TV almost the entirety of this film. It's incredibly irritating the way these people passively aggressive, passive aggressively just trash each other. Derivative. Ugh. Derivative. Allow me to destroy your gallery. Ugh. Dr. Antis de Bargain. What was his name in that? Like Gabloogian uh, or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. Something absurd. <laughs> I'll look it up while you continue. To- <laughs> Jesus. So at the... St- uh, exhibition. Morph checks out a number of very strange uh, art exhibits, including Hobo Man, this <laughs> robot dressed up like a homeless person that says things like, I, you know, I can't help you. I used to be somebody and shit like that. It's the weirdest. I agree with him on that. Like, yeah, this is stupid. <laughs> and the uh, the guy who is trying to sell that tries to talk to Morph to get like a you know, can I get a favorable review? It'll boost the price. And Morph's like, I don't do that. I'm, you know, I, I review objectively. Yeah. And I get that, regrettably. I understand that. I don't like, so, you know, connecting with this asshole. Yeah, yeah you don't want to relate. Yeah. I don't relate to this, no. But I get that, you know. You don't just review people's shit positively just because you know somebody. It's, you know, it's bad for the art. But they also run it. There is also this exhibition called uh, Sphere, which is a giant orb with different holes in it. And um, you can stick your hand in the holes and something will happen. It's very vague about what Sphere is. Yeah. And um, I thought that was going to be the supernatural element of the movie. Me too. Me too. When I first saw it, I thought for sure that that thing is going to like tear people up. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, we got one. Yeah, we did. (laughs) <laughs> One. Yeah. And Redora Hayes is trying to poach or is trying to stop. No, she's trying to poach uh what's the the Damrish, that's the guy's name. Yes. This up and coming uh graffiti artist who's getting into this industry because people like his art, but in reality it's he's just another product they can sell. Yeah. Just another, and he gets that. Another pawn. Yeah. Pierce is recognized by or uh, represented by her and John Don Don, I think the guy's name. Yes, yes. Jesus Christ, John Don Don is there to 
poach him. And amazingly, Pierce goes with this guy. Never would have thought that, you know, Pierce would have anything to do with this asshole. No, no. <laughs> and uh, so basically, we're just seeing all these different characters in this world and how they operate. Yeah. What their role is in we're the community. We're just extremely annoyed the first, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah, we're like, oh, okay, it's that kind of... It's a bunch of assholes. Yeah. yeah. One of these. Great. And, by the way, Frank Reynolds, his name is Ongo Gablogian. Ongo Gablogian. Ongo Gablogian. <laughs> Allow me to destroy your art gallery. Derivative. Derivative. Crap. <laughs> oh, that's, man. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's an excellent episode. Oh. So, you made a smut film. Yeah, it's great. Great episode. Check that one out. It's on Hulu. <laughs> who's the, who's the guy in the smut film again? It, the, uh, the from Night at the Roxbury. Yeah. Uh, uh, what is that fucker's name? <sighs> um, it'll come to me, man. I, I know. It's ah. All right, segue. <laughs> this ain't going away. We need to find out what this guy's name. It is. Um. Greco. Yeah, Richard Greco. Greco. Oh. Richard Greco. Oh, that was going to bother me. <laughs> it's funny how little this episode really is Velvet Buzzsaw so far. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's not our fault. Well, it's a little our fault. So, <laughs> so Morph is in a, he's unhappy with his relationship with his boyfriend, Ed, and uh, he starts uh, on a side relationship with Josephina who recently left her boyfriend and uh, she convinces him to go, or she convinces Morph to go to her boyfriend's gallery opening and post a negative review just to fuck with the guy. Yeah. And this has consequences later on when the guy feeling so hurt about this gets drunk, gets in a car accident, ends up in a coma and he actually Morph actually did like the art. He just did it to make her happy. Jeez. Never compromise your values, man, ever. It's who you are. Yeah. Hmm. They go back to L.A. Josefina finds a dead guy in her apartment building, a man named Vetral Deese, and he's just kind of dead on, like, right outside his door. And she goes into his apartment and finds a bunch of really disturbing paintings. Indeed. Just really weird shit, dark shit, a lot of which are, almost, you know, most partially destroyed. A lot of them are, he tried to take this out. And he left in his will explicit instructions that this art be destroyed. Yes. Ooh, the plot thickens. Intriguing. Josephina grabs these paintings and gets them out of there. Saves the art. Shows Morph. And he's immediately like, I'm, what is this? Like, he's, he feels something primal inside of him. Like, this is disturbing, but I can't look away. Rodora wants in on this. She kind of blackmails Josephina to get in on this. Yeah. Ugh, what a... I, I couldn't stand Renee Russo in this. Neither, neither could I. And uh, Rodora becomes fascinated with this guy, Vetral Deese, and they decide to exhibit several pieces in her gallery, and people love this guy for whatever reason. <laughs> it's maybe they're because the cursed paintings bring out something in them. I don't know. But everyone is just fascinated by this sick shit. It's like, you know... Demons and gore and death and yeah, ugh. awful stuff. Uh, Gretchen, Morph's art curator friend, is entranced by this, and Pierce, uh, Malkovich, is also kind of like, "Whoa, there is power there." 
Rajora keeps most of the paintings. Morph and Josefina each get a couple and hold on to them. But there's like a thousand of these paintings. But Rodora has the idea to lie and say there's like 10 in order to gouge the price. Art, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and um, so she has her uh, assistant, Bryson, take the rest of the paintings to this like secure facility. And Bryson <laughs> gets in the weirdest car accident when he's looking at one of these paintings and his shirt catches on fire. Yep. And he's like batting his shirt out and he's got burns all over his chest. He swerves and runs into a gas station. Of course. He goes into the bathroom to pour water on his shirt and a monkey painting comes to life and drags him inside. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm in. Suddenly this is a very different movie. Buckle up. <laughs> but again, the reason the painting went after Bryson is he's, he got greedy. He wanted to keep one of the paintings. It's all people who aren't in this for the right reasons. Yes. In a, in a weird way, Vetral Deese is kind of like a supernatural punisher. Yeah. Grim Reaper. <laughs> Coming back to take, the, take the, the non-artist away. The question is, though, did the painting catch fire from his cigarette or from some supernatural evil? Because earlier we saw a fiery crack appear in the painting yeah. independently. Oof. I can't believe a monkey like painting just dragged him in. That's I know, freaky. right? And uh, Morph starts researching Vetral Deese because he's fascinated. And he discovers that Vetral Deese was a very disturbed man. He had an abusive childhood. He murdered his father. And he ended up in a mental hospital for a long time. Jeez. When he was released, he ended up working at a sawmill, I think. And people there knew not to talk to him. Don't, mm-hmm. t- don't mess with this guy. He lived alone. He painted alone. And all of his rage and demons went into his work. Yeah. Which is a very interesting concept. Like, if you believe in the concept of evil, then you must believe that evil is tangible and that evil can be passed. So if you are so enraged, so hateful about everything in your life, about everything that's been done to you, you could, could you transfer that into a medium like art? And could that art be imbued with that kind of power Hmm. i'm not saying to this level yeah yeah but would it bring out the same feelings in people that primal instinct yeah yeah, i know what you mean like a movie made by somebody who you know went through horrific shit would that speak to you if they made it out of spite yeah i Hmm. don't know interesting the whole concept of evil in in art that brought up in this movie is really i've been thinking about it a lot it's fascinating yeah it's definitely the the tones and the yeah the like underlying obviously the underlying message of this movie is definitely what sets it sets it apart and like makes me think about it remember it yeah when we've seen horror movies past like just you know in the show we've seen like in Amityville where evil lived on in this house caused you know horrific shit to happen to these families yeah who's to say it couldn't happen in a you know art yeah in paintings I think it's a really interesting way to do this and uh, do you consider this film like a straight-up horror movie or more of a satire? More, more satire, I think. For, for me, anyway. I don't know. Some people might. I think these characters are a little too over the top to the point where he's got to be making fun of them. These, yeah. These can't be real, like, realistic depictions. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. no fucking way. <laughs> I hope not. God. If just one of these people is, like, real, it's not right. I can't, yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> like... So, 
John Dondon, he's a rival art gallery owner, is the guy who took Pierce. He hired an investigator to uncover the mystery of Vetral Dees. But he wants to use that to smear Redora's gallery and drive down the price of the paintings because he's bitter and angry. He's a sad, strange little man. And he attempts to reveal the story, but he gets killed when a ghost hand comes out of nowhere and hangs him in one of his art exhibitions he bought, which was like just it was just like a like a nuke town from the 50s. Yeah. Just, you know, mannequins watching TV. What the fuck, man? What's wrong with some people? I hate modern art so much. It is, <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's absurd. The, the culture is absurd. It's people who see, you know, I think Jackson Pollock is a complete, I don't consider him an artist at all. I think Jackson Pollock is an idiot. I think he's a, a drunk I can throw paint, too. I am not an artist. Yeah. God, yeah. I, I'm sorry, but I've been I, thinking I, about this guy for a long time. I understand. The whole, like, you know, a, a line, a red line on white paper. Fuck you. Think, no. No. <laughs> What's that one painting that's, like, it's, like, a little bit blue? It's, like, ha- like there's, like, a quarter that's blue and the rest is yellow. Yeah. You know what it made me realize? I could sell so many paintings to these morons. Why don't you? I don't know. But, like, how do you... Well, but there's, like, a whole persona to it, you know? You have to be, like... That's what you're buying. Yeah. You're buying the guy. Because if I drew a red line on a white canvas and tried to sell it at a, like, yard sale, no one's buying that shit. I suddenly put on a scarf, a a turtleneck, and a pair of big glasses, and I'm a millionaire in New York City. (laughs) On go, Gablogian! I don't get it! This whole industry just pisses me off. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. Oh God! Sorry about that. <laughs> oh no! No 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 no! Have it. Uh, so, Coco Redora's former assistant, who John hired because she worked for Redora and could get him dirt, which is really shitty. Yeah. The interview process, he just walks right past her and goes, "You're not old enough." She's like, "That's it." He's like, "That's it." <laughs> wow, sounds like a great boss. Yeah. She finds his body hanging in the middle of his gallery, and uh. Oof. Morph starts having hallucinations. He sees a hand in a Deese painting suddenly move, gets him unsettled, and he discovers that Deese used blood in the paintings. And that's... I think some... I remember reading about some artist who really did that. Oh, really? Yeah, he used his own blood. That might have been an episode of Supernatural. I don't know I'm thinking about it. Oh, my God. (laughs) I don't know. I can't can't back that up. (laughs) So... That's fantastic. Morph and Josephina break up after he finds out she's sleeping with Damrish and didn't tell him. Apparently, he thought they were on a break. Yeah. And uh, they're set, he, he goes there to be like, did you hear about John? To like hug her. And she's like, uh, not a great time. And he sees Damrish making breakfast. And she, yeah. he's like, what oh. the fuck? It's, ugh. He's still like, you know, I'm hallucinating and I need help. And he calls Redora and urges her to stop selling Vetral Deese's work. Yes. She's like, no, this is stupid. Because she thinks he's going to use this to write a negative article about the work and try to sell them. And she, and she just, you know, she doesn't trust him. No. So she, no, none of them trust him, yeah. So she thinks this is going to, you know, she's, there's now a ticking clock on this artwork. So she tries to sell them off fast and tells Josephina, 
to do the same. Morph hires Coco to dispose of the art, and then she tells him that uh, her his ex-boyfriend, Ed, would give Redora a, um, a sneak peek at Morph's reviews so she could use that to buy what he's going to review positively. Yes. It, it undermined his work, and he feels violated. Yeah. Of course, nothing really comes of that. <laughs> Whatever. And uh, Josefina then breaks up with Damrish after he decides to leave Redora and go back to the streets where the art was real. And she says a line that really pissed me off, which was, what good is art if no one ever sees it? Oh. Mm. No. Fuck you. Instant fuck you. (laughs) Straight up. That's that's rough. Yeah. And he's like, well, bye, and walks away. (laughs) She leaves, uh, but finds a car is blocking her car, so she calls the... She calls the, like, the tow truck to get the car towed. Wonderful person. And she ends up in a gallery where the paintings are melting around her. She just kind of walks into this gallery that comes out of nowhere. I don't know about you, but if I am turning one way, I turn around, I turn back, and there's a whole new building there. I'm, that's the last place I'm walking into. Yeah, I agree. I'd <laughs> probably walk the uh, other direction. Yeah, I'll go back in the bar. <laughs> Take my chances. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but she just walks right in there. And the paintings are all graffiti, paintings that she considers to be inferior. Yeah. And they start melting and covering, like they cover her skin. And she doesn't pick up on that for quite a while because she's trying to get her phone to work. And she looks up and she's got paint all over her and she's trying to get it off, but it's just covering her and like skin getting inside of her. It's a pretty freaky death. It is (laughs) frightening. It reminded me of the Matrix when Neo got covered in the mirror. Oof. Morph puts the Dece artworks into his storage unit, but he is confronted by Hobo Man, robot who is not happy <laughs> with Morph. And it just chases him. And I did not expect Jake to die this early. No, neither did I. I thought he'd be the last one remaining. Yeah. Hobo Man just snaps his neck, like slowly. Uh, yeah. It was a grisly death. <laughs> oh, but before that, which is not in this, it's not in the uh, plot synopsis. I can't believe this. Gretchen's death. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. I thought that yeah. was right before. Yeah. Gretchen, in her gallery, or I guess in the museum, she goes to Sphere, sticks her hand in there, and gets basically her hand ripped. She gets her arm ripped off by something in there. Yeah. And she bleeds out. Yeah. It's grisly. Yeah, but we knew it was coming. We, we had to have that. Yeah. We, like we referenced from the beginning. Yeah. You can't introduce this thing called Sphere and not have somebody get ripped Destroyed open from it. from it. Yeah. It's awesome. I was hoping like she would get sucked into Sphere. That's what I would have done. That would have been great. Like Hellboy style, like when Rasputin gets like folded into the portal. Oh, that's what I would have done. So good. If I had the, like the, the capital and like the ability to make a horror movie, I'd make some fucked up cool shit. Me too. <laughs> Me too, man. <laughs> One day, maybe. Yeah, hopefully. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> so Coco finds Gretchen and she finds Morph and she's like, fuck me. Like, I love that. I, you know, first two times she's like, horrified and crying and the third time she's like god damn it <laughs> which would kind of be my reaction too if i kept finding Fuck bodies <laughs> josephina is now part of the wall of graffiti right outside that bar it's really subtle but really creepy 
Redora now believing Morpha's right and Vetral Dece is behind all this has all of the art in her house removed because this yeah. guy kills through art. It's a, such a cool idea. But then again, what is art? Like in my apartment right now, some would consider my couch to be art. Some would not. Most would not. I certainly do. After all, aren't we all couches sitting, laying? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, but I would say that, uh, you know, like the Alma Draft House chainsaw is art. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a most little, of this shit's art. It's a little art piece, you know? Yeah. If they were going to be poetic, like if I was in this movie and they were going to kill me, all of my movies would fly out of their cases and just like razor cut me. That's what would happen. Oh shit, I'm gonna have nightmares now. All the movies have to go. <laughs> yeah, or all the like all the artwork on the books. Ah. Harry Potter's gonna come out like ah. his fucking little broomstick. Ah. God, that'd be freaky. Yeah, it really would. So we're especially in this room. Like, oh god, ah. dude, we'd be screwed. I have oh, yeah, so much art. There's, no, there's not enough room in here. <laughs> But then again, we'd have Paul McCartney here to help us out. So Would he? Or would he just like beat me to death See with that ya. tiny guitar? Or he just walked down the stairs. <laughs> Woke uh. up, got out of bed, <laughs> dragged a comb across my head. <laughs> I don't even know what's happening anymore. <laughs> well, so she's sitting outside her condo, just kind of contemplating like what the hell is going on. And suddenly... She forgot about one bit of art in her life. The tattoo on her back. The velvet buzzsaw. And it starts spinning and just digs into her flesh like a fucking saw. It's horrifying. It really is. On the way to the airport, Coco passes a homeless man selling Deese paintings. Like all the stuff that flew off the truck. Yeah. And he's, she's just like, how much? Some guy's like, how much? And he's like, I don't know, five, five bucks? bucks? Yeah. For these like million dollar painting. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. And they buy it, move on, and that guy's going to keep selling them because he has a bunch of them. Yeah. And so they're going to keep affecting people. It never stops. Yeah. They're out there. It's exactly classic, what... Yeah, classic like setup for... We're all fucked. It's exactly what Deese was trying to stop before he died. I wonder if he died of natural causes or if the paintings got him. The painting, His own paintings killed him? Maybe. Probably. And then, in the credits, we go back to Pierce, who has moved away to a beach house and is drawing lines on the beach. Yeah. Just art for himself, for no one. Yes. Just enjoying himself. Probably not even aware that any of this shit happened. Yeah. He drunk, got out of this movie. Drunk as hell, yeah. He's just like, I'm going to keep drinking, and I'm going to play on the beach. Yeah. Which we could all be more like Pierce. Yes, especially in the art world. And that is the movie. That is Velvet Buzzsaw. Strange film. Very strange, yes. Here's some film guys and facts for you. Number one, <coughs> the term Velvet Buzzsaw has an explicitly sexual origin... Related to cunnilinguists. Apparently, ah. a velvet buzzsaw makes sense now that I think about yes. it. Yes, okay. Yeah. Moving on. Number two. The principal characters are all killed by artworks for which they express disdain or contempt. Morph by Hobo Man, which he referred to as unoriginal and lacking courage. Lacking courage. It's such a dick thing to say. Redora by her velvet buzzsaw tattoo, which she expressed embarrassment for. Josephina by graffiti, which she repeatedly mocked. And Gretchen by Sphere, which she laughed at the mere sight of. Poetic justice all. There's one bit I forgot to mention when uh, when that one guy talks to Morph. is like, your review of Hobo Man drove down my sale price. And he's just like, I am not your mouthpiece. 
like aggressively. I thought I, I made me laugh. <laughs> I am not your mouthpiece. <laughs> Fuck is going on? Number three. When Dan Gilroy was asked by Vanity Fair what he wants audiences to take away from this film, he said, quote, I hope people look at art in a slightly different way. Anytime you listen to a piece of music or look at a sculpture or a painting or a film, you realize the artists behind that have invested what I believe to be their creative soul into the work. To me, that's a bit of a sacred thing, and I think we've lost that a little bit. I would love it if we could return to that. Well said, Dan. I agree. Indeed. Big time. Especially in Hollywood, especially now that we're not able to see anything new. Yeah. I love that. I love a wake-up call where we all start appreciating shit a little bit more. Yes. I gave Velvet Buzzsaw an 8. I expected to hate it, and while I despised all the characters, it was for the right reasons, and I found the film to be quite clever in its execution. Yeah, couldn't agree more, given the 8 as well. Uh, I think it's solid through and through. Definitely worth the watch if you like horror, and if you like making fun of art people. Oh, yeah. Especially if you like making fun of art And if you like any of these actors that are in it, because they all give a wonderful performance. Oh, yeah. Well done. So what do we have for Friday? Friday, tough choice. Obviously, uh, you know, we were talking about Tony Collette a lot. We could have done a Jake Gyllenhaal, but we did Jake Gyllenhaal with uh, Zodiac and Brokeback. So I want to stick with Tony Collette. There's a lot of, lot of options, obviously. But we um, unfortunately did not get to see Knives Out together in theaters. Uh, I had to stream it on my fucking phone, and it was just not the greatest experience. So I watched it again today. Um, and we're going to be releasing that on Friday's Knives Out from 2019. Ryan Johnson's uh, excellent thriller. Uh, all over the place. I would call it a comedy as well. It's got all everything, you know, everything wrapped into one. And again, it's Tony Collette. You know, we got Jamie Lee Curtis. We got Daniel Craig. We got Chris Evans. Awesome cast. I feel like it just goes hand in hand with this. It's ensemble, ensemble. One of the few f- films of the uh, later later half of 2019 we didn't get to do. Yeah, I would say the mm, probably the only big one that we didn't get to do. Did um, we do one on 1917? Yeah, we ended up doing. We one. did that the day of the Oscars. Yeah. And we did one on Parasite. Yeah. We did one on Once Upon a Time. We didn't do Little Women. Yeah, I would have liked to do... I think those are the, probably the two. Yeah. yeah. Those... Yeah. Yeah. I, man, we did. We got to, to Jojo Rabbit. We, did we covered Irish a lot. Man. We got most of it done. Yeah, we did. But, uh... Yeah, that was just one of the ones that you saw right away in theaters and I kind of slacked on. Just weird timing. Yeah. But, uh... But we're finally going to do it. You're finally getting around to it. Knives I, out. I, you know, I, I love how organic it became. Where we were like, ah, we're never going to get to it. We'll find a way. Yep. Uh, s- same way I feel about a movie that we both love that came out in 2020 is The Gentleman. Yeah. We'll find a way for that. Oh, for sure. It'll be, it'll be a bonus because there's so many good actors. It'll be a bonus sometime down the road. For sure. Uh, we're not as worried now with this organic style of picking movies. Oh, yeah. We're just fucking going with it. We really, we, we have to now. Yeah. And it's it's awesome. I think it's been there's like very a, few. There's very little that's not on the table. Yeah. It'd be nice. It's, it's, yeah, it's been like a, almost like a hidden blessing for us, like a creatively. It's, it's helped us out big yeah, time. for sure, for yeah. sure. Less restriction means better content for y'all. Yeah, so that's uh, Ryan Johnson's Knives Out on Friday. Fantastic. So let's see what happened this week in film. Not a lot for obvious reasons, but enough to talk about. Yeah. The Cannes Film Festival was postponed due to coronavirus concerns. Not surprising. Here's hoping the festival does still happen. It's tentatively scheduled for June, but that'll probably change. Uh... Warner Brothers has pulled Wonder Woman 1984 from its June release to an August release now. And they have also pulled In the Heights indefinitely. Mm. Damn shame. I've also heard they're considering releasing Wonder Woman 1984 direct to digital download. Not a bad idea, considering it's going to be a while before anybody goes to the movies. Mm. In addition, Disney is releasing their recent Pixar flick Onward to Disney Plus on April 3rd. So quarantine families can watch the movie. So cool. Very happy about that. I love that. And finally, 
in what I consider to be an extreme case of poetic justice, convicted rapist Harvey Weinstein has tested positive for coronavirus. Here's hoping he's one of the casualties, and his personal hell is an endless beating from all the women whose lives he destroyed. Fuck you, Harvey Weinstein. I hope you rot. I concur. <laughs> I, I, don't, I felt so warm when I read that he had it. I was like, yeah, there is a God. This guy, yeah. <laughs> Ugh, fuck that guy. Yeah, I know. There, yeah. <laughs> don't even feel like saying his name, you know? <laughs> that is all for this week, listeners. Again, we're going to remain as diligent as possible to provide new content weekly and on time. This Sunday, we'll be releasing an episode celebrating the 20th anniversary of DreamWorks animated cult comedy, The Road to El Dorado. <laughs> Woo! One of our favorites doesn't get enough credit, so we're shining a spotlight. Yeah. You know, um, Road to El Dorado, uh, DreamWorks, obviously it's uh, overshadowed by the likes of Shrek, you know. Yeah. Ah, but this is gold. It's gold. It's gold. Go back and watch it, please, before Sunday, because it's, oh, man. It is a whole city of gold. <laughs> Next week, as per the random drawing of the book, we revisit one of our past filmgasms with a sequel. When 16-year-old Regan McNeil tries to move on from her bout with the demon Pazuzu, she realizes the demon still lurks within, biding its time, waiting to be released. Next week, we take a look at 1977's Exorcist II, The Heretic. This was a random drawing from the book. I swear it's not planned. Yeah, no. I've heard nothing but terrible things about this sequel for years. Let's see if it's true next week. Until then, don't be pretentious about art. Just enjoy it and let others enjoy what they love, even if you don't love it. Life is quick. Don't be a dick. Thank mm-hmm. you.